Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, welcome back to the Love Tennis Podlet, where this evening you will just find me, James Gray of iNewspaper and iNews.co.uk. Uh, ordinarily, I would have George or Calvin, or both George and Calvin, but uh, I have returned home too late for either of them to really make it through the night and join me. Um, it's been another really... I mean, actually, it's probably one of the best days of Roland Garros so far. I think that was day eight of proceedings because we had an early Sunday start last week. I'll run you through the winners and losers from today. From the women's draw, we had wins for Martina Trevisan, Leila Fernandez, Coco Goff and Sloane Stevens. The losers being Alexandra Sasnovich, Amanda Anasimova, Elise Mertens and Jill Teichman. Over in the men's draw, Novak Djokovic beat Diego Schwartzman. Alexander Zverev beat Bernabe Zapata Morales, much to my chagrin because he was in my fantasy team. Uh, Rafa Nadal, of course, beat Felix Auger Aliassime. And Carlos Alcaraz beat Karen Hatchinoff in the late game. Um, there really is only one place to start, to start, I should say, I suppose. Uh, that is the late match between, or the midday match between. Uh, Felix Auger-Aliassime and Rafael Nadal. Uh, this was the match, of course, with Novak Djokovic having already beaten Diego Schwartzman. This was the match to set up the dream quarterfinal. The quarterfinal we've all been talking about for about a week and a half between Djokovic and Nadal. But it pretty quickly looked like Felix Auger-Aliassime had other plans. Uh, he stuck a pretty big fly in the ointment. When he took the first set 6-3, it was a long set as well. It lasted 53 minutes for only nine games. Um, Felix broke twice. He took a 5-1 lead. Uh, Nadal to get one break back. But it was nevertheless, it was a pretty worrying performance for Nadal fans, I would say. Uh, as I say, went 5-1 down, down in the first set. And he was missing a lot. You know, we were talking about it in the WhatsApp and... I had to miss the first couple of games and then got on court for the rest of the first set. And I said, George, what's been happening? And he said, Nadal's been missing a lot. And and that was true. And that was certainly what kind of happened in the rest of the set. It was, 
it was weird actually you know we're so used to Nadal either being spectacular or just kind of mediocre and you know he hit something like 15 unforced errors in the first set I think there are only 14 winners in the whole of the first set and you know that felt very unusual for a match between two guys who generally hit quite a lot of winners um, that's not to say Nadal wasn't pushing, you know, the envelope. I think he had seven breakpoint opportunities, he only converted one of them. So you know, that tells you that he was very much in the game. I think what I found, and then, you know, Nadal took the second set. Uh, he then took the third set as well. And I think at that point, you know, Felix having only won five games in the previous two sets, I think most people, most people expected him to go away at that point and just kind of you know that's that you've had your little fun bit of fun in the first set against one of the greatest players of all time like you know you can bugger off now but in fairness to him he really stuck at it and and I think maybe buoyed by what happened in the opening set and kind of believing that Nadal's level would would drop off eventually he he picked it up and let's not forget this is a surface he can play on I know he's not someone we think of as a clay court player and you know admittedly before this year he hadn't won a main draw match at Roland Garros before but he did get to the final of juniors here which juniors are not necessarily the greatest indicator but he did do it he has played on clay before he knows what's going on and he produced a really mature performance in that fourth set to pick himself up it was a long fourth set again you know it was nearly an hour um, and he he broke Nadal twice in a row. He was broken in between that, but I think that even shows more of what we're getting out of Felix now. I said to George midway through, by the way, just looking at the big picture, if Felix Auger-Aliassime never wins a Grand Slam, something has gone wrong. And I stand by that, because you, A, you just look at him. Just, just look at him on the court. You know, he's tall without being kind of lanky. He's still relatively well filled out. He moves around the court beautifully. He He's a great athlete. He understands the game well. He comes to the net and he's got brilliant hands there. You know, there's a lot going for him. And I thought it was interesting, uh, Djokovic talked about him today because Djokovic played before the Nadal match. So as quite often happens in press conferences... Uh, someone said to him, look, can you just talk about both guys so that we've got some, you know, got you talking about both guys because you you might need something for your preview piece. And to be honest, for the Nadal match, we had, had everything we needed. But for the Auger-Aliassime matchup, we wouldn't necessarily have had it. And, you know, he talked really interestingly about Auger-Aliassime's serve. And he said, you know, I knew he had a big serve, but when we played in Rome 10 days ago... I was actually quite surprised with his accuracy. I knew it was a very good serve, but he was hitting his spots very, very well, so he uses that as a great weapon. And I think that was actually pretty notable against Nadal. He was able to hit his spots well. He was able to put pressure on when he needed to on his serve. And while I appreciate he came out you know, on the wrong side of the result, he, he did serve damn well. Uh, you might remember Calvin saying that if he wanted to beat Nadal, he had to serve at 70% or better. In fairness to him, he served overall at 69%. And I don't like to give Calvin credit for things, 
But he served at 69% and lost by a whisker. So maybe 70 was the magic number, I don't know. Um, When you boil down into it and look at the sets in particular, it doesn't quite marry up necessarily, um, but only because it's kind of skewed a little bit by his serving in the second set, which I think was a bit safer, to be honest. Um, Nevertheless, I, I know Felix won't take much away from it because tennis players are trained to win and that's what they want to do. But he should take a lot away from that. You know, he pushed... The greatest, you know, you have to remember that was that would have been had Felix won, only Nadal's third ever defeat. All right, fourth ever defeat, only the third man ever to beat him at Roland Garros because Djokovic has beaten him twice, Sodling has beaten him once, and that's it. And that's pretty remarkable. You know, the guys won a hundred and nine matches now at Roland Garros. And he's lost three. I mean, that is an insane statistic. There there cannot be many people in the whole world of sport with that kind of level of dominance at one venue. So I, I do think Felix should take an awful lot away from that fourth round defeat, albeit I know it will just mostly sting. Um, because And it should. I, I hope it hurts. I hope maybe in a week's time he can look at it and go, yeah, I've done all right here. Um it, he would hope that a performance like that, having only reached first round last year, would catapult him up the rankings. It won't, because the top eight players in the world are all still in the men's draw. It's quite the opposite of the women's draw, where there is only one top ten player remaining. It's absolutely stacked, for want of a better phrase. Uh, Felix, had he won, would have been going on to face Novak Djokovic. We'll talk more about that rivalry in tomorrow's podlet because that match will be on Tuesday. Uh, the main kind of point of contention about the Djokovic and Nadal match is when it will be played. Because as you may or may not know, we have one match a night here uh, in Roland Garros. Uh, that is broadcast in France by Amazon Prime Video, whereas everything else, uh, apart from Simon Mathieu, the third court in uh, Roland Garros, uh, everything else is broadcast by France Television, which is the state broadcast of the equivalent of the BBC here. It's a joint broadcast deal. Amazon, as I understand it, pay a lot more money. The two players want different things. Uh, they've both been quite open about it. Nadal says he would rather play during the day. Uh, when it's drier, it's less humid, the ball bounces higher, it spits more, so his big topspin forehand is more effective. Whereas Djokovic says he's happier especially against Nadal, I think, to play at night where it's heavier, more humid, it's a bit more of a grind, and believe it or not, Djokovic is a better grinder than Nadal, it would seem. So I sus- my, my guess is that will be a night match on Tuesday night. So that'll be 7.45 UK time, 8.45 local time here in Paris. Um, mostly because Amazon are paying more money and also because I can kind of see the attraction of putting it in the evening, you're going to hit potentially a tea time audience in America um, and South America, so you might have a better chance of some viewing figures there. I don't think it's the wrong thing either. You know, I, I do think that <laughs> the difficulty is that if you put it on France television in France, it's pretty much on free to air to everyone, whereas you put it on Amazon, it's only for Amazon subscribers and it's online only. But the time slot. The logic there is that 
it's in the evening where obviously people aren't at work. So I'm kind of torn. I think it will end up being a night match. And, you know, there's a few people who are quite well placed who are pretty convinced it'll be a night match. Um, you know, inevitably you will find out by Monday morning or Monday lunchtime, I should say, when the order of play comes out. But yeah, it's one of those things that will raise many conspiracy theories on Twitter. Lots of people will say, oh, they're favouring Djokovic or they're favouring Nadal, this, that and the other. Uh, in reality, they just want the best for the sport or at least for the tournament. So in some ways, that is the right way to do it. I'm going to move on to the women's draw uh, because that has also had a day of it, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Um, we have half the quarterfinals set for the women's draw, just as we do in the men's. We are guaranteed an American semi-finalist in the French Open, which is not something you can often say because we've got two Americans in the bottom quarterfinal. Coco Goff is going to take on Sloane Stevens. We'll talk about the matchup more uh, as time goes on, well, I guess on Monday night when we've got the podlet then. Uh, Coco Goff today really did batter Elise Mertens. It was tight in the first set. I think there were three breaks of serve in the first four games. But 6-4 she took it, and then 6-love she took the second. Uh, Elise Mertens, who's just about old enough to be Coco Goff's mother. Not lost on Coco, by the way, who graduated from high school just before the French Open and who talked a lot about how she once wanted to be a marine biologist but then realised how much college it would involve. Uh, not lost on her that she was playing someone old enough to be her mother. Uh, Sloane Stevens also picked up a bagel in her second set. She beat Chill Teichman, the number 23-626 love. Pretty disappointing from the Swiss left-hander that, not least because she was in my fantasy team, so quite frustrating for me. Don't sleep on Sloane Stevens. that's what I would say. She has come through the draw relatively well, um, especially when you consider... I, I don't really know how to deal with this, but before she came to Roland Garros, she had lost five matches straight. You know, she had not won on clay for a year, and then she turns up here, she beats Julian Niemeyer, uh, Julia Niemeyer, who was one of the best-rated qualifiers um she's got an absolutely enormous serve and steven saw her off will be in three sets she beat serana castella who's a very handy clay court player in the second round and then diane parry who in fairness i think you'd expect her to beat but to then go on and beat teichman in such dominant fashion impressive i think very impressive um don't forget that stevens has been to a final here she's obviously a us open champion once upon a time as well so uh yeah let's not sleep on her um, albeit I sound like I need to go to sleep if you take that yawn to mean anything. Uh, in the other half of the bottom half, if you like, Martina Trevisan came through a hell of a battle with Alexander Sasnovich. 12-10 the first set tiebreak was, 7-5 the second one was. Um, I think Trevisan's very interesting because she got to the quarterfinals here two years ago and it was her big kind of breakout moment. She hasn't got there since, until now, at any Grand Slam. So it, it's pretty massive for her, I think. She spoke about it a bit. She said, last year, it was a very difficult year for me, but I collected a lot of experience, positive and negative. And at the beginning of this year, I was dreaming of this moment because in my head, I could see this moment again. And I think it's such an interesting idea. that You know, the a few professional sportsmen, the, or sports people, I should say, that I know, men and women, 
they really do say there's a, such a difference between believing you can do it and knowing you can do it. By which I mean, I believe I can, I don't know, run a 10k in 45 minutes. I can't. But I believe that I can. But if I had done it before, I would know that I could, and therefore you're not having to kid yourself. I'm having to kid myself that I can run a 45 minute 10k. But I know I can run it in an hour. I know I can run it in 55 minutes. I've done that before. And so I'm absolutely sure that I can get myself back into that shape. But I don't know that I could do 45. Maybe I could. I don't know. But I haven't done it before and it's such a different mindset. So for Trevor San, at least she knows, you know, and that kind of, I think, has helped her get there. Especially against Sasanovich, who I think had never been beyond the second round before. So it was very much in uncharted territory and, you know... I think Trevor Sand did a great job there. And will not be an easy opponent, by the way. You know, she's an awkward customer at the best of times. She's playing Leila Fernandez, who's come through two brilliant tests against Belinda Bencic. Well, I say brilliant tests. The match against Anna Samova today was not a classic. But at least she won it. She battled hard. She did drop the second set. Anna Samova played pretty well the second set, I should say. Um, albeit, I think the two sets Fernandez won were both pretty gritty. And she gritted better. But, you know, there's a lot to be said for gritting well. And I'm sure she'll have to grit against Martina Trevisan a bit. I think I mean, I think Coco Goff is the favourite coming out of this bottom half to, to play Shantek in the final. But I think Leila Fernandez has got a great chance. You know, she she's a big hitter. But she's also got brilliant defensive skills. She proved that today. Like She was running down so many balls today that I didn't think she had a right to run down. So... Yeah, I'm 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 right behind Leila Fernandez. I'd love her to get there as well. You know, it's a great story. She obviously got to the US Open final and everything that went with that. She's not had a great time since. It'd be a lovely narrative arc. Um, let's start to look forward to tomorrow, shall we? It's the other half of the third round, a fourth round, I should say, encounters. Uh, in the women's draw, we've got Shvontek against Quinn Wen Zheng. I should say, sorry, Zhen Quinn Wang. <sighs> Fuck. Jen Quinn Wen. Uh, I just got the surname and the first name the wrong way around there. Um, it should be Zheng, which is the family name, and in Chinese nomenclature, I believe the family name comes first. So I try and uh, get that right where I can. Um, she's a very highly rated 19-year-old. I know in China they think very highly of her. I don't think she's going to get anywhere near Igishvontek because Igishvontek is the best player in the world. Um, the next fourth-round clash is. Jess Pagula against Irina Camelia Bagu. Uh, I think, I mean, Pagula is the second highest ranked seed left in the draw. I think we'd all expect her to get through that. Uh, Veronica Kudamatova against Madison Keys, the opening match, uh, I believe, on Chatrier. Uh, tough one to call that. Uh, Kudamatova not been in great nick. Uh, she came through Palo Bedosa in the previous round, but Bedosa was not fit, so. I mean, Madison Keys came through a final set tiebreak against Rebecca, which I think is pretty clutch. So I would kind of favour Keys there, but I'm not quite sure. And the winner of that will play Kasakina or Camille Georgie. Uh, my clay court model has been quite high on Daria Kasakina for quite some time, so I would expect her to come through that. Uh, if we look at the men's draw, tomorrow is the day we see the likes of Stefano Tsitsipas and... Uh, Daniil Medvedev, the world number two, who is swiftly looking like the number two favourite as well, quite frankly, because 
Djokovic, Nadal and Alcaraz one way or another all had to play each other and Medvedev has Marin Cilic in the fourth round which you know I like Marin Cilic he's in my fantasy team I don't think he's going to beat Daniil Medvedev who has looked imperious on clay uh, Yannick Sinner is up against Andre Rublev that's my match of the day by the way it's fourth on Susan Longlen so I think it'll be about 3pm UK time 4pm here in France I think that'll be a really good match they're both guys who like to rally um, I think they're both pretty good on clay although Sinner traditionally the better player on the surface but not in great form uh, Rublev has looked decent enough, but has dropped a set in every round thus far. So, I think that has that has the makings of a real uh, under the radar classic. Stefano Tsitsipas up against Holger Rune. Don't write Holger Rune off. Really, don't write Holger Rune off. Straight sets victory in every round. Denis Shapovalov, Omri Laxson, and then Hugo Gaston. All right, not the strongest lineup, although beating Shapovalov is a very good win. Um, I think he'll take a set off to pass maybe two. I don't think he'll beat him, but I think it'll be a really good match. And then finally, Kasper Ruud up against Hubert Hurkacz. Again, close. Only four places separate them in the world rankings. Kasper Ruud's a very good clay court player. Hubert Hurkacz beat David Goffin with very little bother in the previous round. And Goffin has been in good form and, and knows how to play on the clay. So I think that'll be another really good match. The key for me is whether the Hercats backhand can kind of kind of not break down basically. Um because it's a very good shot when it's on, on form. Um but when it's not it you know, Rude's gonna target it. You always try and target the backhand and you know, especially um on service games when you can get into the point beyond the Hercats serve. So really interesting to see how that one goes. I, I would probably still back Rude because I think he's a great clay court player, but I think that will be probably four sets at least. We'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully I'll have Calvin or George or even both. Uh, in the meantime, please do make sure you leave us a rating and a review. Please do follow us on Twitter at Love Tennis Pod for all your latest fantasy tennis needs. Uh, and of course, for us to let you know when we've got a new pod out. And otherwise, thank you very much for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.